Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Hello and welcome in to the Jeff Andrea Show here on Tuesday, March the 17th. And thank you so much for tuning in and joining me here today. On the program, Kamloops is making drastic changes to some city operations. Mayor Ken Christian delivered an address yesterday saying that facilities, including arenas and pools and things of that ilk, are going to be closed until further notice. So obviously some major shuffling of the deck is happening here in Kamloops as a result of COVID-19. I'll dig into a little bit more of the details on what was announced yesterday here in just a few seconds. Nearly 15,000 people who attended a dental conference in Vancouver earlier this month have been told to self-isolate immediately by BC Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry. She said multiple cases of coronavirus have been traced to that event. So to begin the back half of the show, I will be joined by the president of the Kamloops Dental Association. He is currently finding himself in a quarantine situation and he will fill me in on what is happening here in Kamloops when it comes to those who are working in the dental field, whether it be cleanings, whether it be emergency services or surgery, excuse me, what services are available for people who need their mouths attended to. Well, we'll get into that at around the 35-minute mark of the hour. And the BC Wildlife Park is making adjustments as well. The miniature train, all indoor galleries in the Discovery Center, the home hardware family farm, and the gift shop are all being closed until further notice. The Blue Heron Cafe will be offering a limited menu with takeout-only options, and animal encounters and feed talks will also be temporarily suspended until further notice. So, Glenn Grant, the park's executive director, will chat more about what is happening there to end things off here today. And I couldn't uh, forget that it is, of course, St. Patrick's Day today. So hopefully, no matter what you are doing or you know, if you're stuck in quarantine, if you're if you have to go to work still today, and you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who might be jealous of that fact. Hopefully, you're able to muster up enough energy to uh, grab some green clothes, throw those on, grab a beer or some Irish cream at some point today, do a little jig, eat some Lucky Charms, and celebrate the Day of the Irish. They're magically delicious. So yesterday, if you live under a rock and somehow have not heard, the city of Kamloops is taking extra precautions to try and stay ahead of the novel coronavirus. Yesterday, the mayor, Ken Christian, held a press conference to announce that many city facilities will be shut down until further notice. So effective at midnight tonight, the city of Kamloops will be closing all of our arenas, uh, all of our pools, the Tournament Capital Center, MacArthur Island Sports Center. Now... This, I think, is just the beginning. We saw Ontario declare a state of emergency here this morning. There are more than 100 cases confirmed here in British Columbia. We are approaching the 500 market nationwide. These are scary times, folks. Gatherings over 50 people. Nope. Not going to happen anymore, right? And don't think that you can just walk into somewhere, count the number of people, and think, oh, there's only 48 people in here, so I am perfectly fine. No, let's stop taking these numbers so stinking literally. Last week, I saw a lot of things where people were putting out, you know, messages to those who were attending events saying, you know, the province is ga- uh, limiting gatherings to people under 250, right? No gatherings over 250 people. And a lot of places were coming out with events, uh, announcements saying, oh, well, we will just limit our customer base to 249 people. 
Okay. I mean, I guess technically that would be following the province's orders, but come on, let's be real. Don't be thinking to yourself, oh, 250 people, that equals a death trap, but 249 means you'll be just fine. That's not quite how this works. So don't be sitting there thinking, oh, there's 51 people, uh, therefore I should not be attending that event. Oh, there's only 49 people, therefore I can sneak myself in to be that 50th. No, that's not quite how this works. Think twice before making those kinds of crazy decisions. Now, of course, when we're talking about closing up facilities and limiting what services businesses can offer, there are a lot of concerns about the economic spin-offs of that type of situation. Uh, Mayor Ken Christian says, at least for now, city employees at these arenas and pools and other facilities will still be working there as of today. We've asked all of our staff to report uh, to work tomorrow. Uh, there are other things that they can be doing uh, at uh, their uh, work sites, uh, but uh, we will have to uh, look at uh, both access to sick leave provisions as well as access to uh, EI provisions for those that uh, there are no alternatives for. But uh, they're reporting for work as usual tomorrow. Uh, we're just not going to have people at those facilities. So that works out right now for those taxpayer-supported jobs. You know, of course, they're still going to get paid, at least for the time being. But what's next? How long does that last? How long until BC takes the precautions of other municipalities and starts closing up restaurants and bars? That message will have to come from the province itself, but don't be surprised if that announcement comes at some point this week. The city of Kamloops has activated its emergency operations center amid COVID-19 outbreaks, and Christian says it is working very collaboratively on its response. We have uh, certainly been working today in our EOC with all of our partners uh, and certainly police, uh, fire and bylaws uh, are going to be in uh, pandemic response mode, uh, but I can assure the citizens of Kamloops that they will have the protections that they are used to in terms of those kinds of critical and essential services within our community. Of course, one of the biggest stories in Kamloops in 2020 is the Kamloops Center for the Arts referendum. Last week, I had the pleasure of hosting mornings here on Radio NL with uh, Kurt Appleby. He was in here with me. And we were on the air asking you guys, you the people of Kamloops, a poll question, which read, should Kamloops City Council consider postponing the KCA referendum on April 4th due to growing concerns over COVID-19? Well, one week ago, last Tuesday, just over 80% of people said, no, we should not be postponing it. That was about right in my mind. I felt four out of five people not overly concerned about the coronavirus situation. Well, one day later, last Wednesday, of course, the World Health Organization declared a global pandemic and things really began spiraling out of control from there. Now, one week later, and the city is doing exactly what I thought could be the case a little over a week ago, and it's looking to move the KCA referendum date. With respect to the uh, referendum on the uh, Center for the Arts, uh, it's my concern and the concern of council that um, voter suppression could likely occur because of uh, the situation we're currently under. So uh, we are dealing with the Minister of, Edu uh, Minister of Municipal Affairs to see if there could be a postponement order uh, issued with respect to that uh, particular initiative. The other concern that we have is our ability just to manage that kind of an event in the face of this kind of a crisis. 
Finally, during this time, Mayor King Christian is trying to assure people that they will have the necessary services that they need as more and more people find themselves stuck in quarantine. And of course, with that means less people at work, which means less people providing services, which could lead to the issues around things such as power and hydro and water and these kinds of necessary services that people will need to get through that two-week holding pattern that they could find themselves in. And of course, beyond that, it's not just about people stuck at home. I'm here at my job right now, and I require a lot of power to work all this technology that I'm talking into right now. So yeah, I think there should be a little bit of uh, concern, not in the immediacy here, not in the immediate, but what could happen in the not-too-distant future. Could we see less and less people heading down to their jobs at the power, at power plants and, and being unable to provide that sort of energy? Well, the mayor is trying to assure us that we'll be just fine. We have uh, talked about BC Transit and our transit system, and they are currently operating at level two in terms of their pandemic planning. They will be disinfecting all of the uh, buses and public transit uh, that is uh, part of the Kamloops transit system. Uh, I am assured that the essential utilities that the citizens of Kamloops rely on every day, uh, particularly water, sewer, storm sewer, uh, will continue to uh, provide that uh, uh, service for the citizens of Kamloops. So that one piece there about transit as well, that's a key for a lot of people. You know, that's that's how people get around. Some people don't get around without it. And while it is running as normal for now, I haven't heard of really anywhere in Canada that has shut down transit services. Edmonton did in fact reduce its transit operations, limiting to a Saturday schedule for seven days a week effective today. But it will otherwise still be available for those that need it. So, yes, some changes are being made to transit schedules, but still going to go ahead as normal, which is a critical thing for a lot of people. They got to get to the grocery store so that they can, uh, you know, jump into these crowds and try to buy five rolls of toilet paper at once. That's that's what they got to do. I'm obviously kidding. Stop doing that. If you're one of those people, I don't know what's wrong with you. I, I don't. You don't need 27 rolls of toilet paper. And if you do, well, you need a doctor. Okay, that's what you need, because if you're going through that much TP, then I don't know. No one can help you, I guess. I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. I don't understand why people are doing that. I got I don't need to get into it. You guys know the story. We've heard it all. It's been covered to death. Um, toilet paper, not the most important thing in a time of crisis. Anyway. Enough on that. Let's take a quick break. Obviously, you heard from the mayor here. We're going to get Victor Kaiser in here. He was at the announcement with me here yesterday where Mayor King Christian was making this address to the city and talking about what's going to be happening here um, in Kamloops for the foreseeable future when it comes to the COVID-19 response. Um, we're a little bit ahead of the game here, I think, um, and it comes to other BC municipalities. Um, Closing up these types of facilities. I know some uh, steps have been taken in other places, but this is a, a good measure that I have been waiting on, and I, I think it came, um, you know, at a pretty pretty appropriate time. Probably could have happened a day or two sooner, but we'll get into all that here with Victor Kaiser. He's going to be joining me in studio after this, so let's take a quick break, and I'll be back with more Jeff Andrea show after this. Jeff Andreas on Radio NL 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. 
welcome back to the Jeff Andrea Show. Thanks for tuning in with me here on Radio NL. It is, of course, Tuesday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. I'm joined now in the studio by Victor Kaiser, who joined me yesterday at the uh, mayor's announcement regarding what was happening in the city in response to COVID-19. Victor, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm disappointed in your lack of green today, but uh, that seems to be a trend around the whole office. So, If, if it's any met, I'll go home and put on a green jacket. How's that? That would make me feel much better. All right, right? we'll I do that. someone on my team, because I... Pretty sure I'm the only person I've seen wearing any green right now so far today. I, I have a green toque, if that counts. So uh, uh, I mean, you're not enough. wearing it right now, so it doesn't in the moment. All right, well, let's uh, let's go into some serious business here. Yeah. So yesterday, of course, the mayor announced that uh, facilities like arenas and pools, those were going to be closed as of midnight last night. So those are no longer open today. Uh, workers are going in there as per usual at this point in time to do other duties, whatever that means for now. So at least people are working for the time being. So good news there. Um, you know, what was your initial reaction? I mean, this was kind of what we expected, I think, was going to be coming, right? I, I think we absolutely did going in. Uh, the fact that they're going to close everything. The city already partially closed the saunas and the steam mm -hmm. rooms over the weekend. So really with the way that things grow and in other provinces, you're trying to prevent it from coming to BC as best you can. And we do have two cases, at least, I believe, of yeah. COVID in interior health. Uh, not sure where that is, but yeah, two, two cases here. So it made absolute sense that they closed the arenas, the pools, the TCC, and just tell people to go to work, work from home, or just don't congregate. Just yeah. stay away from people. Now, uh, speaking of the, the two cases that we do know of that exist in the interior health region, uh, the mayor was asked about this at yesterday's announcement. And, and basically, you know, do you know where these cases are more specifically? And, and we'll, we'll play the clip here. So this is what he had to say to that question. No, I, I don't know that. And, and um, you know, the statistics that they've been giving out relate to the Interior Health Authority. And unfortunately, because of the massive geography of the Interior Health Authority, it kind of puts a pall over the entire area. Uh, but on the other side of that equation, um, if the health authority were to say it happens in Savannah or something like that, it breaches patient confidentiality. So they're trying to balance uh, that uh, issue between uh, not uh, over-alarming a particular area. So they're simply using the health authority boundaries as where they're uh, indicating that there are or aren't cases. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense as to why they kind of can't get into those specifics, but, I mean, it would be nice to know, wouldn't it? It, it would be, or, I, and I totally get, you know, and having lived in small towns, when you get to really towns of a certain population, you know who the person is, and that's, yeah, breach of patient confidentiality, but I, I'm pretty sure they could be a little more specific and say, you know, it's in the Thompson or it's in the Okanagan because the uh, interior health is, I think it was the 13th largest European country, if you were to compare us to Europe. Geographically, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Geographically, yeah, of course, at 215,000 square kilometers. So, you know, if they will specify, okay, it's in the Thompson, so maybe people in Kelowna, or if it's in the Okanagan, the people in Kamloops aren't, you know, on pins and needles, right. but still taking precautions. So maybe a little more specific. So it's, it's one of those tough decisions, you know, which way do you go? But I know there's a lot of push out there from a number of conservative MPs who want a little more transparency as to just where these cases are. And I think Kathy McLeod's among them as well. Just, just a touch. Yeah, I mean, it would just be good information for people to have. But I also understand the need to not induce panic and the concerns that can come um, with that as well. Now, uh, what else was um, the, the other one we had here going on? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, when it comes to... 
Uh, what was the clip? We pulled this clip. Now I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Do you remember what it was? Uh, is it probably asking him, you know, whether we're reacting oh, yeah, a little right. too late? You asked this question. This was your question. Excuse me. Sorry, I forgot there for a second. There's so much on the go. Things are changing on the fly as we speak. Uh, yeah, so you asked the mayor basically, you know, in response to what was announced yesterday, was the action taken quickly enough? Quickly, right? Pretty much. That was the gist of it. And, uh, you know, I think Kamloops seems to be a little bit ahead of other municipalities from yesterday's announcement. I assume we're going to see more here throughout the week of basically municipalities taking similar measures. But when you ask the question, let's play the mayor's response here and then hear what he had to say. Well, you know, in terms of Kamloops' situation, we had a pandemic plan that's over a decade old, and we have been looking at it for a period of time. Uh, there are not, to my knowledge, any cases in Kamloops. The, the, it's a balance. And uh, as you look at the impact that this particular circumstance has on people who are in the hospitality and tourism industry, it's a question of balancing uh, their access to employment and, and uh, just the money to feed their families uh, versus a need to uh, deal with social uh, uh, distancing. And uh, to the extent that we're uh, where we are right now, I think our timing is on point. So, yeah, I think in relation to what's happening around the province, he does make a good point. Like, you know, we're, you know, on point, he says, right? A little ahead of the curve, yeah, because the city of Merritt just announced a few hours after Kamloops late last night that they, too, are shutting down uh, pools and uh, uh, facilities there. The TNRD closing libraries, which was a request of Ken, of course, mm -hmm. to, uh, to go and ask them to do it. They came out not two hours later and said that's done. So Kamloops is ahead of the curve. No indication that we have any cases here. So... Uh, Let's hope it stays that way, Jeff, moving forward. Yeah, yeah, and I think we're just going to be seeing more municipalities across the province start taking these exact same measures, but to be first, it's, it's never a bad thing. Um, one other thing, too, that was asked about in yesterday's conference was uh, what's going on at the airport. Um, Ken basically said things are going as normal for the most part for now. But as normal as it can be because traffic is down quite a bit, I think oh, he yeah. said. It is spring break, but there's nobody going anywhere, so the airport's That's the same. Spring break is usually a time when it would ramp up, you would expect, right? But that is not the case here right now with everyone concerned about travel. Um, he did say there were quite a few people who were leaving. More people were leaving the, uh, the area as opposed to coming in. Um, so people who would have been here on vacation are still having the opportunity to get home, which is good for them. Good for them, yeah, across the country. Probably some students at TRU, if you're now uh, online only, you can maybe go back yeah. to wherever you're from and still take your classes. So uh, it, it does make sense. WestJet, of course, announcing it's canceling international flights uh, as of, I believe, Sunday for a month. So there will be some impacts domestically. If I'm looking correctly, we're going to be down one Calgary flight uh, for the foreseeable future from Kamloops. So there will be impacts. And, you know, as everybody's saying, we'll ride this out and we'll rebound soon enough. Yeah, and I was saying earlier today, too, I think it's just a... Uh it almost might be prudent to just shut everything down here for two weeks because if we don't do it now, then the situation could get worse. And in the month month's time, we might be looking at shutting down for a longer period. So Absolutely. Uh, better well, safe than sorry. Better safe than sorry. Steps are clearly being taken here in Kamloops, here in British Columbia, and here in Canada. And well, we'll have those updates here for you on NL as they happen. Thanks so much for coming in, Victor. Appreciate your help yesterday at the news conference. You and I uh, appreciate Jeff. you coming in here and, and breaking it down. We'll do it again. Awesome. That's uh, Radio NL's Victor Kaiser. Coming up after the break, I'm going to be talking about what What's going on with the dental industry here in Kamloops after a conference in Vancouver? Uh, 15,000 people were attending that news con or that uh, dental conference, and now uh, there was a case that was linked back to that conference, and now a lot of those people, actually all of those people, are being asked
to self-quarantine. I'll be talking with the president of the Kamloops Dental Association next. Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show here on March 17th. Nearly 15,000 people who attended a dental conference in Vancouver earlier this month have been told to self-isolate immediately by BC's Provincial Health Officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry. She said multiple cases of coronavirus had been traced to that event. I'm joined now by the president of the Kamloops Dental Society, Dr. David Shiriani. Thank you so much for joining me here, doctor. Oh, you're very welcome. So, yeah, what what is sort of the situation right now when talking about dental work here in Kamloops? Is it basically just on hiatus right now? Uh, yes, right across the province and actually across several provinces right now. Um, the uh, our regulatory body, the College of Dental Surgeons, had not only have they told anyone who attended the conference to self-isolate until Sunday, but they've also put out a, a statement saying that any elective or non-essential services uh, should be curtailed until after this is resolved. So what, what does that mean, I guess, when you're saying, um, you know, non-essential work being uh, postponed for the time being? I mean, uh, what, what if someone does have an extreme, you know, situation, a, a broken tooth or, I don't know, whatever the case may be, uh, can they still go about getting that work done at this time? Are there still options available? Absolutely. Um, when we say non-essential and uh, non-elective, or I mean elective, um, we're talking about anything that's not emergency. So anything where there's acute pain, where there's swelling, um, those things, you know, where swelling is an indication of infection, all of those things need to be dealt with right away. So, you know, dental offices, although they're not using doing the routine uh, services, they still should be available for emergency treatment. So, you know, with uh, with that being said, it's clearly clear to say that not every single dentist in Kamloops was attending this conference then. Uh, so that's that's got to be at least some good news for people who need some dental work. Exactly. And even people who were there, um, there's generally things set up like in our office. You know, some things, if it's a patient of record, we have their history. Sometimes we can deal with issues over the phone um, and then... As you were saying, Jeff, um, we also have set up with a couple of our colleagues to cover for us if we need to. And barring even that, if it was you know, absolutely essential, we had no other option, we do have a stock of N95 masks and other infection control items that you know, we could still treat someone in an emergency. Good, good. I'm glad to hear there are some some backup measures here in place. Uh, David, what I guess, uh, you know, you're, you're in isolation now as a result of this announcement. Uh, like, what what is your day looking like here for the next little bit? I mean, uh, you know, we were talking before we jumped on air, and I was, uh, you know, sort of jokingly saying, I hope you got some fun hobbies planned, uh, you know, that you can take up here over the next while. But, you know, you don't really have time for that, it sounds like, right now. No. Uh, so far this morning, it has just been dealing with all the announcements and following what's happening. Uh, with the COVID uh, pandemic right now. And the other thing too, like so many uh, of the, the services, I guess, around the country, um, we're having, having to lay off staff at the moment. And so just going through the procedures to see about getting them EI and making sure they're looked after. 
Yeah, have you been fielding a lot of calls or questions from, from employees throughout the, the Kamloops area about, you know, what is going to happen to hygienists and, and things like that who maybe are not uh, able to go into work for the next little while? Uh, not so much there, although my feeds have been from colleagues sort of around the province, what everybody's doing, what everybody's trying to arrange. So, I mean, I think staff are trying to go through the process, and I know lots of dentists are working at trying to see what the coverage is. I mean, this is all new ground for all of us, so mm-hmm. we don't know what what the level of insurance is, and all those things are being hashed out right now. Uh, I, just for my information here, do you remember exactly when this um, dental conference took place? I just I haven't seen an exact date, so I'm just curious if you know that off the top uh, of your head. Oh, off the top of my head, March 6th, 7th, and 8th, I believe. It was, yeah, so that's, uh, it was the Thursday through Saturday. Okay, so it's been a, a little over a week since this conference took place. Um, I guess uh, that's how long it took to get a positive reading on these COVID cases. And, um, you know, we, we've seen uh, the mining conference, I believe it was in Ontario, where that a similar situation happened, where a COVID case was uh, traced back to that, and a lot of people are, are now concerned. I guess, uh, you know, just from, from what you're hearing and, and you personally, I guess, you know, uh, do you have any concern about the fact that there was a COVID case linked to this conference, or, or are you just sort of, you know, taking the necessary precautions not panicking too hard and, and just kind of playing this out? No, at this point, I don't think panic serves anyone very well. I think we have to be stay very rational about it. You know, when it was first released, the news was that it was one individual who'd been to Germany uh, who was on the trade show floor for about two hours. So, you know, two hours out of three days. So, you know, the, from the health officer, the news was, well, it was very low risk. Now, I got the news this morning, there's been three confirmed cases coming out of the convention, and the health officer said, you know, there was probably other people at the convention who were infected. Uh, so, yeah, it's really an unknown. So, you know, disappointed that uh, professionals would uh, show up. You know, obviously, they traveled to places where there was a risk, um, and it's, I'm disappointed that they didn't self-isolate, that they felt the need to still go. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one, right? Because we've heard, we're hearing that last week was kind of the, the fallout from the province when talking about when to self-isolate. I know we've had uh, some incidents that I've seen where, you know, someone came back from Washington on a Tuesday and then the Wednesday they were like, well, now you got to self-isolate. So people who came back mm-hmm. on Tuesday weren't being told to go about self-isolating, but a day later you were. So, uh, yeah, there's exactly. a lot of moving dates when it comes to that kind of an announcement. Um, Absolutely. Also, just while I have you here, uh, David, uh, you know, for those who did have things like cleaning appointments or those non-essential dental work that was being uh, planned for, what what should they go about doing here? If that was, you know, scheduled in the next couple of weeks um, and it's probably going to be postponed, should they just be calling their dentist to make arrangements? Uh, you know, do you have any advice for those people who were, um, I don't know, probably not looking forward to that work being done, but <laughs> needing it being done, you know? Yes. Um you know, I can't speak for all offices. I know yesterday that's a lot of what our work was, was trying to reschedule people. I mean, and we weren't even rescheduling because, as you just said, we really don't know how this thing is going to play out. So, you know, we're just putting them on a list to reschedule them once once things calm down. But, um, yeah, no one wants to take a risk of, uh, you know, accidentally infecting someone. Mm-hmm. 
Well, David, thank you so much for, for taking the time to uh, speak to me here today. It's a tough situation here for everybody, and I don't think any any sector or particular business is, is really immune right now, and it's just uh, it's unfortunate, but it's what we got to do. So thanks so much for taking the time, and uh, anything else you want to let people know about while I have you here? No, I think that's it. I mean, just, I guess, for anyone who's worried if they were in the dentist last week, you know, and what that means, like you said, the dates have changed a lot. Um I was just reading a, a research paper that came out of the uh, International Journal of Oral Science out of the situation in China. And what they found is basically what the Chinese dentists should have been doing is what we do in dental offices routinely. So I think anyone who was in a dental office last week is, I just want to assure them that they're they're very safe and are, the infection control standards of BC are such that a lot of that stuff is covered and uh, I don't think they have to be worried that they were in the dentist in the past week. Perfect. Yeah, I think that's a great message to put out there. And like you had said earlier, uh, no need to uh, to panic. That doesn't really serve anyone any good. So if you were at the dentist, just uh, stay calm and you're probably fine. So thanks so much. I uh, really appreciate you doing this, David. And uh, yeah, hopefully you're, you're not stuck at home for too, too long. Oh, thank you. All right. You take care. <laughs> you as well. That was the president of the Kamloops Dental Society, Dr. David Chiriani. Coming up next, the BC Wildlife Park is taking extra precautions as well amid this whole COVID-19 situation. I will be joined by its executive director to talk about what things are going to look like at the park here moving forward. So stay tuned. More Jeff Andrea show coming up after the break. The voice of your community, Radio NL 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Here's Jeff Andreas. Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show, and thank you so much for tuning in here on Tuesday, March 17th. Of course, as COVID makes its way across the globe and across Canada and across really the province of BC as well, the Wildlife Park here in Kamloops is taking further steps to ensure the health, safety, and well-being of staff, wildlife, and visitors. Here now to talk a little bit more about these precautionary changes and how it will impact operations at the park is the Executive Director, Glenn Grant. Glenn, thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, my pleasure. No worries. So, yeah, maybe just give us a quick rundown of some of the things that are going to be changing as a result of the COVID-19 outbreak and, and what steps the Wildlife Park is taking to sort of mitigate any problem that could arise. Well, actually, there's been uh, there's been a lot of steps uh, that we've taken. Originally, uh, we did uh, thin out the cafe tables uh, to, so we could really give some distance between folks that are sitting around inside the inside the building. Uh, we've done a, a, a a lot more frequent uh, cleaning of uh, doorknobs, door handles, uh, uh, washroom faucets, uh, anything that people are going to be touching, uh, disinfecting and wiping all that stuff down. Uh, and it didn't seem, obviously, uh, that uh, some of those measures uh, were going to be tight enough or big enough. Uh, so as of yesterday afternoon, uh, we've shut down all uh, indoor activities uh, at the park. So the Discovery Gallery, uh, our cafe, our gift shop, uh, are all closed until further notice. Uh, we encourage guests still to come and visit the park. We've got a lot of outdoor space. Uh, but if you've uh, if you've traveled internationally, if you have flu-like symptoms, we uh, we respectfully ask that you postpone your visit and come at a later date. Uh, but it will have a, a, a significant uh, impact uh, to the park as a, as a not-for-profit. We rely a lot on those admissions and 
after admission uh, revenue, and uh, this year or this for the next foreseeable future, uh, we're we're not going to receive it. But um, uh, we will persevere. Uh, this is much bigger than uh, uh, than anything else that's uh, in the world right now. So uh, I think if everybody does their part, uh, we can be successful in uh, getting back to uh, getting back to normal, so to speak, uh, sooner than later. So with, with all these steps that are being taken here and, you know, talking about basically closing up a lot of the indoor galleries or any indoor activity really at the park completely, um, you know, how much different does this look for someone if they were to come out? And, and thankfully, you know, you guys are still open, at least for, for the time being, to give people some, some things to do because it looks like uh, potential activities are, are getting, um, you know, fewer and fewer of your options. So it's good to see that some places like the Wildlife Park are, are providing some uh, entertainment options for people but just those who are coming to the park i mean how much different are things going to look and and feel when you go in there well they'll well they'll they won't feel a whole lot different when you first get into our admission desk but uh once you get past there uh we do have some caution tape that uh has some areas that are roped off and closed off um once you get out into the park uh area and the outdoor outdoor stuff you won't see almost anything different um we have closed down the uh, wildlife miniature express uh so that will not be operating for uh for spring break and you know normally we just run for spring break and then be parked again until uh until easter um we're not doing any animal encounters but uh if you know they can they can still see all the wildlife a lot of times that uh, once people get out into the park they're kind of on their own and uh just enjoy uh enjoy the wildlife and a lot of the space uh so so that won't change uh right now uh but you never know how how uh you know how rapidly this moves. Uh, some of my colleagues have closed their facilities completely. Uh, the Calgary Zoo, uh, the Edmonton Zoo, the Toronto Zoo have all completely closed. Uh, again, their their attendance is a lot bigger than ours, and we they they um, if we're trying to limit uh, gathering of people, uh, we think that the the steps that we've taken will eliminate the gathering of people. So one thing that uh, we uh, have to make our mind up on very quickly, and obviously we'll we'll look at how things progress uh, on a daily basis, is uh, is our Easter event, uh, and it looks like uh, uh, we may have to cancel uh, our Easter event as as well, because again it promotes a whole gathering of people in a in a single space. Mm-hmm. So so that that, that was. Uh, we looked at all of the options of uh, can people disperse and have a, a lot of social distancing and still enjoy themselves outdoors? If the answer is yes, we left that activity alone. Or basically, we're not going to interfere with that. Uh, but if it, uh, like sitting in a cafe or sitting or hanging out in a gallery or uh, doing a lot of the indoor activities where it promotes people to gather closer, uh, then those are the those are the things that we've. Uh, that we suspended um, until further notice. Yeah, and that uh, that Easter, I assume, uh, taking place Easter weekend. That's still a little over three weeks away, so we'll keep our yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. But, well, you uh, never know, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you never you never know. But yeah, we are we are uh, we are hopeful, but uh, we better plan plan for the worst and hope for the best. And um, and and again, uh, you know, I I think that uh, we are a viable option for uh, people that. Uh, do have the ability to get outdoors and want to uh, go do something uh, that they can that they can come to the park and enjoy all of our big wide open outdoor space. Uh, but all the indoor activities are suspended at this time. Um, what would it take, I guess, at this stage? I mean, you mentioned a number of uh, other zoos and, and, and wildlife parks around the country have kind of closed up operations for good, and, and we really hope we don't get to that kind of stage here. But uh, I guess what what 
would have to be the case for that to happen? Uh, I guess it would have to be a lot. Um, it's again, it's kind of that's kind of tough to say. We would, you know, we're we're going to monitor that day by day, uh, and on the recommendations uh, of health officials. Um, um, see that those those other facilities that I mentioned are substantially larger than us, uh, and have a lot more indoor activities. Uh, they have a lot of uh, you know. A, a, Ten times the attendance that we do, um, and they're uh, and, and they're city-run facilities. So when the uh, when when the city makes a, a decision to close their facilities, that kind of falls into that same that same wheelhouse. Uh, same as the city of Kamloops that closed some of their facilities today, or uh, as of last night, mm-hmm. um, we would we would be in that we would be in that same boat. Okay. So. And um, I want to ask as well, I, I uh, was at the mayor's press conference too and talking about what's going to happen with, with employees there. And, you know, it's really early stages, so it's hard really to get a full scope of what the situation will look like, I guess, moving forward. But uh, what is the impact on, on employees of the Wild Park right now? Well, as of right now, there's there, there's little impact. We do have some part-time staff that will get some uh, reduced hours. Uh, we, you know, but again, there's the, the wildlife still have to be looked after. We have um, uh, a large number of zookeepers that will rotate shifts to make sure that all of the animals are all taken care of. Whether we're open or closed, it doesn't matter. Whether there's still uh, there's still activities that need to be uh, need to be done. There's still maintenance that needs to be done. So when things do get back to uh, 100% operation, that we're that we're ready for it. Uh, it unfortunately, it uh, it may impact some of the indoor staff, but uh, we're again we're going to monitor that um, and uh, over the next uh, over the next ten days and and see how that is going to impact them. All right, and uh, Glenn here, I'll get you out of, out of here on this. Let's kind of end things on a bit more of a positive note. Uh, the BC Wildlife Park is still open, even if it is in a little bit more of a limited capacity, but here's a chance for you. I just want you to, you know, maybe sell some people out there on why coming to the Wildlife Park is a good idea right now uh, when there isn't a whole lot else to do. Well, I think it's a great idea just for uh, people to still to stay active, uh, to get indoors. I know that people do want to, um, you know, uh, have some activities to do, and if uh, a lot of facilities that are that are indoors, um, shopping malls, uh, TCC, swimming, those type of activities are uh, not available to you. At the Wildlife Park is a, a family-friendly, wide-open outdoor activity that you can enjoy. Uh, uh, relatively safely with your with your family, and again, we we can't say we can ensure it, but we're definitely doing all of our uh, everything within our power to minimize uh, any risks that our guests uh, have once they visit our facility. Well, Glenn, um, thank it, you so much. Get, oh. get outside and walk around. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thank you so much for doing this, Glenn. Really appreciate it, and hopefully uh, things will yeah. get back to normal here soon. But uh, I'm not holding my breath just yet. No, uh, us neither, but uh, thank you very much, and uh, good luck to everybody. You as well. Enjoy the rest of your day, and, and we'll, we'll catch up again. You bet. That was the Executive Director of the BC Wildlife Park, Glenn Grant. Well, on that happy note, it's time to end things up here. If you have any burning questions or have a subject you want me to talk more about or just want to say hi, feel free to email me at jandreas at stingray.com or hit me up on Twitter at Jeffrey underscore Andreas. So that wraps things up for me here today. I want to thank all my guests for joining me. And of course, a big thank you to all of you for listening. And remember, whether you join me for a short while or a long while, just know I enjoyed our time while it lasted. I'll be back here tomorrow at 9.